Hello, my name is Bonnie Grace Gilday Kennedy. I'm the owner of Grace of Healing, where I serve as an Akasha channel. My intention is for this podcast to serve as an inspiration to you, finding your own healing through self-love. Together, we will spend time exploring topics that lead us to a deeper understanding of what self-love is and what it looks like for each of us as individuals on our own journey. I'm especially excited about interviewing inspiring guests whom have created great feats of healing for themselves through their own acts of self-love. Welcome. I'm Bonnie Grace, and this is my very first podcast, Self-Love with Grace of Healing. I'm an Akashic consultant and healer specializing in personal and spiritual development. What has led me to create this podcast is my belief that there isn't a greater healer than your own self-love. This podcast is to serve as an inspiration to you finding your own healing through self-love. Together, we will spend time exploring topics that lead us to a deeper understanding of what self-love is and what it looks like for each of us as individuals on our own journeys. The format will include information from my own personal experiences, the experiences of clients, and other inspiring guests whom have created healing for themselves through their own acts of self-love. As I begin today with my own story, I would like to say the following information is not suitable for children. I was the youngest of six children. Alcoholism, codependence, abuse of every kind, and hatred were at the very forefront of most every word and deed that happened in my childhood home. Six children, abused, neglected, and terrorized, without our basic needs being met, merely trying to survive. During the day, we were locked out of the house, and I played at a local park. At night, I would hide in books. I would escape to faraway places where I could do and be anything. My childhood was filled with experiences to hide from. What each of those experiences taught me was simply this. I was unlovable. I was not loved, nurtured, or celebrated because I wasn't worthy of love. The message of my lack of worthiness was so much a part of me that I wholeheartedly believed it. I, like all other people, just wanted to feel love. I tried everything I could to get approval. I was an amazing student and athlete. I was shy, passive, codependent, and a people pleaser. At one point, things had gotten bad enough to be put into foster care. I was soon returned to my parents' home because I didn't have the courage to testify against my father 
for the harm that he had caused me. A few years later, my father was beating me in the kitchen, and I decided that was the last abuse I would survive from him. So I put two pairs of shorts and two shirts in a bag, and I walked out the front door for the last time at 14 years old. Living on the streets. There were a lot of children living on the streets. We'd all been abused in different ways, but we each had unspoken understanding of each other's pain. After living on the street for over a year, I received help in a variety of ways, some good and some not so good. My friend Georgianne's father would purchase feminine hygiene products for me each month, and he would occasionally let me sleep in her room. Lynn, a high school friend, let me stay with her for a week until the man we were staying with insisted that I would have sex with him. One sunny afternoon, I was walking on the pier and a woman called my name. It was the lady who'd lived across the street from me. I'd been friends with her before I ran away. She got upset because I looked so sick and she immediately got her things together and took me back to her house. I stayed with her and her husband for a few months until they feared they would be caught by the police with me in their home. They were drug dealers and members of a motorcycle gang and didn't want any reason for the police to show up at their home. It was a gift that they wanted me out as they had been sexually abusing me while I stayed with them. At 15 years old, I left to stay with his mother and her partner, John, in Tennessee. And this is where my life had begun to change. I got off the bus in Johnson City, Tennessee. And here's what is remarkably different. I would get up in the morning and have breakfast, work in the house or the yard helping her, eat lunch, read or watch TV, have dinner, and then go to bed. I had a routine. And within that routine, I began to feel safe. And that was a first for me. I stayed with them until I turned 17. One day, John and I were home alone and he tried to sexually assault me. I ran to my boyfriend's house after that incident. We had been dating for about a year when I moved in with him to escape any further abuse. Shortly thereafter, we married. I was married to my first husband for 12 years and had two children with him. He became abusive, and the longer we were together, his abusive behaviors increased. I had recreated the pattern of being abused in my most intimate relationship. I knew I had to leave to save my children. It hadn't even occurred to me to save myself. After my divorce, I had moved to North Carolina. My daughter was living with me, and my son lived with his father. My daughter and I lived in a great house. I had built a successful business and created a small community of friends for myself. All was going well until I was sexually assaulted at a friend's party. Although there were witnesses and an admission of guilt, the process of trying to get to court had taken three years.
The DA had told me numerous times to drop it because nothing would happen. But I was determined to stop being a victim of other people's abuse. It was my last stand with myself against being a victim and I refused to let it go. After three years and three days before the court date, I received a phone call from the Mecklenburg County District Attorney. The perpetrator had jumped off the Green River Bridge in Saluda, North Carolina. At 35 years old, this man committing suicide felt like a real big win for me. I felt as if it was justice. Now I understand that this sexual assault was one of the biggest events that has changed my life forever. That assault led me to a great Jungian therapist who guided me through the experience of exploring my own psyche. I experienced my past traumas and it served to begin releasing me from a state of victimhood. So yes, this was a big win for me. Soon thereafter, I met my future husband, Kevin Owen Kennedy, the love of my life. Kevin was the first person to ever love me unconditionally. I was truly, madly, and deeply in love. He and I enjoyed a lot of things together, including playing outdoors, live music, and great food. Because we shared the same values and beliefs, he supported my passions and wasn't afraid of my energy and my strength. I felt as if for the first time I was seen and appreciated. We both really enjoyed laughing and enjoying the simple things in life. I couldn't believe that same girl who had never felt loved, never fit in, and was afraid of being vulnerable or hurt was living her heart wide open. It was me having everything I ever wanted and dreamed of. One beautiful sunny Sunday morning, December 29th, 2013, my life changed forever. I woke that morning to the sun shining brightly through the glass windows. I laid in bed, waking slowly. As I opened my eyes, I watched Kevin turn the kitchen corner and walk into our bedroom. With a cup of tea in his hand and a good morning hug and kiss, he greeted me with his joyful smile, half covered in an overgrown mustache and beard. He moved around to the other side of the bed and I watched him as he adjusted his pillows so he could come sit up in bed and talk with me. What exactly are you doing today? He asked. I thought about my day for a moment and began discussing my plans. I relayed my thoughts to Kevin. He said, I'm going to pick up the house and go to the gym today so we can rest later. On Sunday nights, we always made sure to have time to rest and be together before the work week started. I smiled to myself because that meant I wouldn't be doing any of the housework today. I got ready to leave, told Kevin goodbye, and he gave me one of his sweet mustache kisses. I came home a few hours later to find him dead. Though our love affair was short-lived, at the time, it had been the most healing experience of my life. Someone had loved me. Being born into a family 
in which I wasn't loved, nurtured, or valued had given me the identity for all those years before him as the unlovable one. He changed that for me. A few days after Kevin's death and life celebration, I was alone. As I sat there in my living room, looking out the windows, sobbing because the love of my life had died, I realized I was going to have to find a new way to feel loved. I had no idea where to start. The days were a blur for weeks. I was always alone. The loneliness was unbearable at times. The physical pain in my chest was a constant reminder of the heartbreak I was feeling. I felt disconnected from people and anything happening in the world. A week in, I went to the local grocery store and soon found myself confused about what to buy, how to cook, or what I may want to eat. I sat down in the grocery store on the cold tile floor and I cried. A part of me realized that I was giving up and I couldn't find a reason to live. I couldn't find any reason to be here and I didn't feel like my life could get worse. My journey out began with prayer. For mercy, for hope, for strength. In the darkest moments, I would pray to die. And I'd also pray something or someone could hear my prayers. As my grief continued to surface and I continued to pray, I had a major breakthrough. And this is it. I am loved. I am born of a creator because of love. I am loved. After Kevin's death, I continued to receive loving messages from him. My ability to connect into my higher self became very easy as I sat with myself in meditation for hours daily. I would meditate and I would listen. Of all those hours, all of those hours led me to want to define what was happening to me during those hours of sitting. I was connecting in with myself in a way I hadn't imagined or ever experienced. I was finding all the parts of me that needed to heal. I became aware of how poorly I had been treating myself. Although I'd been eating healthily, exercising, meditating, receiving massages and acupuncture for years, I wasn't treating myself with love. My purpose was to find my own self-love so that I could serve others in helping them to create self-love to heal. One of the things that got in my way was my judgmental and negative thoughts and beliefs about myself, the ones I would hide from others. Those thoughts were a big factor and keeping me from loving myself. They showed up everywhere I went, 
with a mask of confidence and strength. In the meantime, I had created and lived by a long list about myself where I was either too much or not enough. I was living in a world of right and wrong and bad and good. And I always ended up in the wrong or the bad side. By listening to and creating healing with the support of the Akashic Masters, I learned to heal myself. And here is how I found self-love. One, I had to understand and accept the complexity of being a human. The many ways I had learned to cope with and protect myself were not serving me any longer. Not only were they keeping me from the depth of my feelings and not allowing me to experience who I really am, but they were keeping me from experiencing the joy and freedom of loving myself. The fear that created those behaviors, that's where I needed to focus. What was I afraid of and what were my behaviors? How could I create an environment that was safe enough to have those feeling experiences? I began entering my own records and connecting in with my guides. It was safe for me feeling that connection of being with my guides. I felt overwhelming love and support from them and it began to heal me. I was learning they would give me just enough to process without being overwhelmed. I felt myself beginning to feel better and I began learning what the grace of healing is. For me, to commit to my own healing is the bravest, most kind and gentle action I have ever taken. My dedication to healing has been the greatest gift of self-love I have experienced and I continue those actions day after day. I had to notice when others weren't kind to me. The next phase of healing for me is interesting. Because I was being kind and gentle to myself, I had begun noticing when others weren't kind to me. Yes, I started seeing other people differently. It was no longer acceptable for others to say negative and judgmental things to me or to be dishonest with me. It seems I'd given people permission to reflect my own feelings back to me for years. Part of my healing has been to eliminate those people from my life. This is not something that happened one time. It's something that continues to happen. As I continue to grow in self-love, I'm less tolerant of others' toxicity. When someone shows up and is consistently feeding off my energy, they have to go. I have a great purpose to serve in this life and I don't have time for people not doing the work to bleed their pain all over me. The other thing is, I've begun attracting other amazing people that are doing their work. And they are a beautiful gift. The next thing I did was I slowed down and I really simplified my life. I stopped doing as many things that I didn't like as possible out of obligation. And this goes beyond being around people that you don't want to be with. I stopped forcing myself to go places and pretend that I was happy to be there. And this excluded about 80% of the social events I'd been dragging to myself to for years. 
I was feeling better all the time. I didn't know the payoff was going to be so huge. I was given even a bigger opportunity to show up for myself surrounding my career. I had about 20 years experience as a professional in the human service field. But after having such amazing experiences creating transformation with people through sessions with the Akashic Masters, the position I was in felt like I was just providing maintenance. Serving is my passion. And in my mind, I had found what I was put here to be. I knew I was fortunate to get to find my purpose and I wanted to serve in that way as much as possible. It was a big decision to leave that job and follow my dream. I didn't have the financial security that people have when they leave employment. And I was dedicating my life to serving others by means of something I hadn't even believed in a year earlier. I had no evidence I would be successful. I felt the fear and I took the next step and then the next step until I was providing services full time with the Akashic Masters through the grace of healing. I've had many struggles, but they have left me stronger and more resolute in serving others in this capacity. One of the beautiful things I have learned from committing to my personal work and the grace of healing is that I can be deeply afraid and at the same time feel deep peace and joy. All I had to do was support myself with my voice, my words. One way I got through the fears through self-talk. One of the biggest changes in my life is the way I speak to myself. After I gave myself permission to stop believing the lie that I'd been told and invested in for so many years, I'd begun talking to myself about what is true about me. I had begun focusing on positive self-talk. One thing I learned about self-talk is that if you sit and tell yourself how much you love yourself, but don't back it up with action, you're not only just wasting your time, you're creating an even deeper belief that you aren't worthy of love. And one very easy example to understand is this. If you commit to being by yourself and focusing on what you need to create self-love for yourself, and then you join an online dating service, you are in fact telling yourself you are not enough. This will enable you to begin healing from the ways you haven't been able to trust yourself in the past to be loving to you. Self-love is about you. Love starts with you. One of the other things that I would have you think about is your love for others. As you begin to see who you really are through the eyes of self-love, others will also see who you are. When you come from a place of self-love, you can say no to anything you choose. You can also say yes to anything you choose. Having self-love is about living in a state of joy that you have created for yourself. You can seek and find your own truth through going within to find your own self-love. Everything I felt about myself was a direct result of the messages I was receiving about my own lack of worth and value. Through self-love, those feelings and experiences of not being loved have now become the most important and meaningful branches in my tree of life.
I hope that my experience of learning to love myself serves you in some way. I thank you for your presence today and in sharing with me my first podcast. Thank you for joining me for my first podcast of Self-Love with Grace of Healing. Please join me for the next episode of Self-Love in which I discuss my own journey with the Akashic Masters. For more information on self-love, the Akashic Masters, or this podcast, you can go to www.graceofhealingnc.com. Music and production by Linda Goh. You can find a link to her website at the Grace of Healing NC website.